gotta keep it 100 Time to highlight the power people Yeah, all the people of color Yeah, you know this is Browning money Browning money Browning money This is browning money Browning money Browning money Yeah yeah, tune in, this is major You know we gotta show love to the darker shaded movers and shakers For real, this is Browning money, Browning money, Browning money This is Browning money, Browning money, Browning money, yeah Hello, my name is Tiffany Tracy And this is Browning Money Here on this podcast, we explore entrepreneurs of color From our past and our present We talk about their lives and what led them to their businesses. My goal with this podcast is to look at our past and use it for our motivation for our future. So today's intimate portrait is going to be of Madam C.J. Walker. During the time of history, the names and business you hear are normally of Carnegie and Rockefeller, who cornered emerging industries, which provided them with great wealth. Well, Madam C.J. Walker is a figure that is becoming more well-known thanks to the internet, social media, and recent books written about her. I never heard of her in school. I did read a small blurb about her in black history books. It credited her as being the first black woman millionaire. I later found out that was not exactly true, but she was definitely one of the first. Madam C.J. Walker was born Sarah Breedlove. That was her given name. Sarah was born December 23, 1867, near Delta, Louisiana. She was born on a plantation. Slavery was abolished for two years at that point. She was the first of her five siblings to be born free. Her parents were sharecroppers on the same plantation where they were once slaves. Her parents' names are Father, Owen Breedlove, and Mother, Minerva Anderson Breedlove. Sarah didn't get to have many years with her parents. By age seven, she was an orphan, and she went to live with her sister and her sister's husband. She worked in the cotton fields with her sister and later became a washwoman. At age 14, she got married to her first husband, Moses McWilliams. Now keep in mind, that may sound young, but during that time period, getting married at 14 was not unheard of. My own grandmother was married at 15. This is still the late 1800s. Most outlets that I checked said that she married to escape the abusiveness of her brother-in-law. Not too sure what type of abuse, but to think about that time, freedom from slavery had just only been 16 years. She may not have been a slave, but she was definitely a female. So she was definitely thought of as property. Seven years into her marriage with Moses McWilliams, he passes away. She is left with a two-year-old daughter and she is only 20 years old. She makes a decision to move to St. Louis. That is where three of her brothers are, and they have already established themselves as barbers. While living in St. Louis, she actually encountered a beauty issue. Her hair was falling out. So she went to her brothers and asked for help with taking care of her issue. 
She was going bald and she really needed help with that situation. Now keep in mind the business issue. She had an issue and she needed a solution. This was a typical issue for black women during that time. Due to the lack of indoor plumbing, hygiene was an issue. We didn't, they didn't have showers, a lot of running water. Even during that time, some people still lived, had outhouses. So washing their hair when they got a chance to take a bath may not have been on their to-do list. So unfortunately... Miss Breedlove suffered the same thing that many other people suffered during that time. She wasn't able to keep her hair clean and she started to go bald. That's where she came up with the answer. Since her brothers were barbers, she consulted them with her balding hair problems. She experimented with homemade solutions and store-bought products, especially those made by Annie Malone who we will talk about later in this podcast. While she lived in St. Louis, she joined the church. She credits the church with helping her to become educated. The women of the church really took her into her flock, into their flock rather, and really embraced her. She wasn't really educated. Well, let's be real. She really wasn't educated. Back then, Going to school was not a mandate, and it sure wasn't free. So the church really helps to evolve her in her education. She really credits the church. While living in St. Louis, she does marry again to a man by the name of John Davis. From what I can tell about Mr. Davis, he wasn't worth much I don't know if he just wasn't motivated or intimidated by his wife, but that marriage did not last long and she divorced him. So while on her journey of handling her hair problem, that's when she found products that were made by Annie Malone. She had already established a very, well successful business and Sarah decided to be one of her sales agents so in order to do that she decided to move to Denver Denver is when moving to Denver is when she started to work uh, for Annie Malone being one of her sales agents while working there she also met her third husband, Charles Joseph Walker. Charles Joseph Walker was a newspaper ad man. I imagine he was of a different level and class than her previous husband's due to his profession. After a short time working for Miss Malone, she left to start her own venture. Reports say it was after a disagreement. I believe she wanted to improve upon Miss Malone's products. During this time in history, 
It was a respect factor to be called madam or sir. Hmm. Remix that. It was a respect factor for a black person to be called madam or sir. When someone would refer to us during that time, they used the names girl, boy, and some other choice words I'm not going to be saying today. By Sarah naming herself as Madam, it automatically put respect on her name. Sarah, now known as Madam C.J. Walker, improved upon Miss Malone's products and had a great marketing strategy. Her marketing concepts that she used is still being done today. In her marketing, she had before and after pictures of herself after the use of her product. In 1906 to 1919, Madam C.J. Walker traveled throughout the States, Caribbean, and Central America training sales agents and promoting her products. Her company had sales agents in the U.S., Caribbean, and Central America. The structure of her company should sound very familiar to most. She gave money and prizes to the saleswoman that brought in the most new agents and sold the most products. She also gave awards for those that contributed to charity. When it came to philanthropic endeavors, Madam C.J. Walker led by example. One of her first and most noted was $1,000 that she gave to building fund of a colored YMCA in Indianapolis in early 1910. This action gave her national attention in black press. Madam C.J. Walker was able to handle her hectic schedule due to the help of black leaders and ministers. She had to travel by train and she couldn't stay at most hotels. Black leaders and clergy opened their homes to her while she promoted her business on the road. Madam C.J. Walker's marriage only lasted for six years due to her husband's infidelity. I am sure that took a toll on her, but she was still able to make a successful company and acquire great wealth. Madam C.J. Walker died on May 25, 1919, at the age of 51 years old. Due to kidney failure and other complications due to hypertension, at the time of her death, she was a resident of Irvington on Hudson, New York, and she is buried at the Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. Madam C.J. Walker was a strong activist for civil rights. She was able to leverage her money and influence to promote causes for African Americans. By the time of her death, she was a pioneer in the black hair care industry and set a great example for corporate and community giving. for listening to my podcast about an intimate portrait into Madam C.J. Walker. This is my commentary. I feel like Miss Walker, she did basically what she had to do, which if you think about it, you're a black single mom, you're in a situation, you do what you need to do to take care of you and yours. So I look at her determination and her motivation probably the same way she did. 
she had a child that she had to support and no one else was going to do it but her. And as a former single mom, I completely, completely get that. So I look at what she did and go, all right, uh, we were thinking on the same track. So what she did was basically the same thing that most people do. You're in a situation, you have to take care of your child. Thankfully, she went on the right path and thought about doing something legal instead of illegal. And she even did something that helped to embrace our people and our culture, which is an added bonus. Because if you think about it, she's self-made. Her situation is not, my daddy gave me a million dollars and I flipped it to two million. No, she, she came from the cotton fields to live in, in a mansion. That's not easy work. That's hard work. That's a lot of footwork, a lot of travel, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that she had to put into her company in order to amass what she did. If you think about where she's coming from, as a business, uh, business-wise, really, you always hear that when you have a product, it should be a solution. So she had a problem and she ended up finding the solution. Let's be real, real. (laughs) She found the solution basically in Miss Malone's products. She did go to work for her. So, and I'm assuming she used the products. So obviously that had to be a good solution for her. Now, what she did was she improved upon her employer's formula. And I should probably re- retake take that back. I don't want to say that was her employer's formula because the breakdown of what was in the formula was something that was widely known. It wasn't some secret potion. It was stuff that people were using at the time to take care of hair. So... It wasn't some magic potion. Um, Had it been today's time, it would probably have been something you can go right on the internet and get the recipe for. Except for back then, they didn't have the internet. So it was more or less something that it was that people knew to use to help in their hair. What Miss Malone did, she mass produced the product and then when Sarah came along, she obviously tweaked the marketing. I am sure that whatever disagreements that Sarah and Miss Malone had, I'm sure they were valid on both ends. Because if I'm Miss Malone and I started my own empire, and here comes one of my sales agents telling me how to run my business. I don't know how I feel about that. Because really, how are you going to tell me what to do when I pay you? And I don't mean that in a mean or disrespectful way. 
But I'm, as we are going to talk about in other episodes of our podcast, Annie Malone is going to be one of the people that we feature um, in this podcast so that you can hear her story. I can understand why, for lack of a better term, they had beef. Real, real beef. Now, I'm not saying he went to fisticuffs because those two were both classy ladies. But business-wise, Annie Malone was pissed. Uh, even today, there are, I've in researching this, people that are pro Annie Malone say that Madam C.J. Walker stole from <laughs> stole the recipe. When it wasn't really something that could be stole, stolen, you can't steal something that everyone already knows how to make or have, or already knows how to do. Annie Malone just figured out a way to mass produce it. That's basically it. And, and in my opinion, Madam C.J. Walker knew how to market. That's why you know who she is probably more than you know who Annie Malone is. Even though Annie Malone had her company before Madam C.J. Walker. And I could say probably had her millions before Madam C.J. Walker even came into their and came into her business. But the marketing was completely different. She did mass marketing. She now I'm sure her third husband came into play with this. Now, he was a newspaper ad man. So you have a strong business woman handling her business and a husband that can market your business. Today, we call that a power couple. Only problem was he had some issues keeping it in the pants because from what I understand, he was sleeping with one of her employees, hence why they got a divorce. One thing I will say, you don't, you didn't, even though during that time period, people uh, kept things hush-hush and things like that, she obviously didn't play no games when it came to men in her life. She saw you wasn't about what you needed to be about. Sarah got rid of you. And I don't have any problems with that. I completely understand. Looking through some of the history uh, of how Sarah was able to do this, obviously it wasn't all by herself. But it's safe to say the black church was helpful. Um, That's how you sold stuff back then. Hell, that's how you organized back then. So since she was a church-going woman, She was real comfortable being in the clergy and talking to to the woman of the clergy. You know, one thing about being a black woman, when we talk about our Sunday best, (laughs) we really mean our Sunday best. Sunday is the day. It's like a fashion show when you go to church. Shoot, I, 
There are so many times talking to my mom or my grandma or my aunties where if you look in their closet, there was a section for regular everyday clothes and church day clothes. And best and believe they had the hat and hair to match. So Madam CJ Walker, from different pictures looking at her, she dressed the part. She looked polished. Very well put together. So she came into my church talking about, I, you need to put this in your hair. It's going to help it grow and maintain it. Oh, I'm going to buy that up. You see those pictures? Feel free to, uh, to either YouTube Brown and Money or go to the Brown and Money website. Well, um, there's also links in the credits of this podcast where you can go and see some of these things um you can see pictures of her uh pictures of uh of her during that time she was well put together now i really really feel like even though i would really would love to have seen more of had she lived longer I mean, she died at 51 and she died probably due to a poor, probably a poor diet. I mean, considering um, complications with hypertension was part of one of the causes of death. So it's something that she was constantly on the go and probably didn't, you know, hardly ate that soul food. You know how we are. Um, she had kidney failure and problems with hypertension. You know, she, she was constantly on the go doing what needed to be done for her business. She stayed very much involved in her business. It, I mean, looking through some of her business information, she moved around and moved the headquarters and she ultimately ended up in, in New York. I think she made some very good business decisions. Um, I don't really, I don't want to do like a contrast of Miss Malone and Madam C.J. Walker because to me, both of them in their own right um, did great things. I would never try to put the two of them against each other. That that's not my uh, my thought process, but I do want to express that you know about Madam C.J. Walker in my opinion because she marketed herself and her products better than anybody else. Go think about that time frame and see if there's any other names that you really recognize when it comes to black hair. Madam CJ Walker is who you know. So I'm going to end my commentary on this today. It doesn't really matter where you come from. Sarah was born two years after the end of slavery. The hopes and dreams 
that probably were plagued on her at uh, how I'm not sure if that her parents put that on her or but I would imagine that she would have been encouraged to do what needed to be done. So I take this, I take her life as an example and for motivation for business. She was innovative with her marketing. Now, one can say because she married a uh, uh, an ad man that, you know, he probably did most of the marketing for her. I don't got a problem with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You're supposed to align yourself with like-minded people in your business. And if you and your mate can work together and live together, more power to you. Now, we're not going to talk about the extramarital affairs, you know, because that's, you know, soap opera-ish, but it is a little soap opera-ish. But it's kind of nice to know that the craziness that we hear about in other people's lives it's not like it was the first time that that was done. It's just that now things are more amplified because we have social media. And the second something happens, it can be retweeted and shared 50,000 times. And it could have happened at 10 in the morning and the whole world knows about it by six. So I really, in my opinion, I take away that it doesn't matter where you come from. You can always make something work for you. And my business takeaway is to always be marketing. Doesn't mean that you have to give a sales pitch every time. I'm not saying that. But the reason why I can say Madam C.J. Walker and most people know something about her is because of marketing. So that's the end of my commentary. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, it's Tiffany Tracy. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more on whichever platform that you are listening on, feel free to like, subscribe. Also, you can go to YouTube and search for Brown and Money, brownandmoney.com where you can also uh, link yourself to our newsletter where you will always be updated on new podcasts along with blogs and information, uh, more information about the people that we uh, focus on in this podcast. Thanks again. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, I gotta keep it 100. Time to highlight the power people. Yeah, all the people of color. Yeah, you know this is brown and money. Brown and money, brown and money. This is brown and money. Brown and money, brown and money. Yeah. Yeah, tune in, this is major. You know we gotta show love to the darker shaded movers and shakers. For real, this is brown and money. Brown and money, brown and money. This is brown and money. Brown and money, brown and money, yeah.